All right, what's up, guys? Uh, welcome to the Rigos Rag Podcast. Ian Cummings here with Nathan Britton and Jacob Kamaker, the usual cast. Redskins just finished their second game of the preseason against the New York Jets, and they came away with the W. 15-13, Dustin Hopkins, 5-for-5, five five, uh, nailing those field goals. Uh, we've got a lot to take away from this, watching it. Uh, I'll let Nathan go first. Uh, we're going to be talking about it, running down who did well, who needed to show more. So, Nathan, uh, just watching the game, who stood out to you? Uh, well, obviously Cam Sims stood out. Obviously Cam Sims. was trying to climb in and grab that last receiver spot on the roster. He showed well tonight. I think he's inching closer and closer to jumping Brian Quick and solidifying himself as a lock. Another thing is we got our first look at what that starting – defensive line is going to look like and that's going to be fun they got after that they got after a little bit they were clogging up holes getting the quarterback so they're going to be they're going to be dangerous and then we saw a little bit of what Alex Smith can do with that starting offense you know only a drive Alex Smith did his thing you know nothing spectacular um look good look like that offense could be able to move fairly decently I'm not really too worried about it Samaja Piran broke free even though he got hurt so Overall, it looked good for the starting team, and then we saw a lot of what the depth guys can do, and they also look well, look pretty good. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Samaj P. Ryan. Jacob, you've been beating that drum for a few days now. Did you like what you saw from Samaj? Because I know you were really looking forward to seeing him play. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to like what you saw from Samaj. I mean, obviously, the whole caveat to this whole thing is that he was only on the field for one snap, and that is a huge bummer, and hopefully that ankle injury is okay. The team reported that he had an ankle sprain, uh, but we'll get updates on that tomorrow and in the coming days. So I'm hoping he was just held out as a precaution. But that first run, they started Rob Kelly, and Rob Kelly looked okay. When they brought in Pirine, they handed him the ball right away, and a hole was opened up for him. I'll give him that. He had more running room on that one run than Rob Kelly did on most of his kicks. But Pirine showed surprising burst based off what we've seen from him. Got to that hole and got to the second level very quickly. Um, so I like the fact that he saw the hole right away and sort of accelerated more than we're used to him seeing. And, you know, he tried to fight for extra yards at the end of that play against that one defender. He didn't quite have the speed to outrun him, but that's not what he's going to do. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I was really happy with that one carry. Really wish we'd gotten to see more of him, and I'm really hoping he's okay because that one carry showcased why he should be our starting running back going forward. Yeah, and to be fair, you know, I, I liked what I saw from Rob Kelly too. He needed a few runs to kind of get going tonight. Like his first his first two or three runs were pretty bad, kind of like your classic, your vintage Rob Kelly, what you don't want to see from him. But uh, as it went on, he was showing uh, the – balance through contact and you know he was I, there was one run in the second half where he was hitting the backfield and he was fighting he was spinning around guys so he's he's good at kind of bouncing off people like that and kind of using his brute strength to stay afloat so I, I liked what I saw from him uh, obviously him and Samaj are similar and players for one second on Kelly I'm sorry to interrupt you yeah um but I I totally agree with you he definitely improved as the game went along but that's also a case for why he should be the backup is because if he comes in when that defense is worn down, he'll be able to do that more than that grinding for extra yardage because the defense will already be worn down by someone else. So that's why I see him as more backup. And I think he showcased that today because he 
like you said, that run in the second half, he was spectacular on that little spin move because he was fresh and the defense may not necessarily have been fresh or as strong. So yeah. I, I kind of like that idea. Yeah, and, you know, to be fair, uh, it's one preseason game. So, you know, for all we know, Samaje could come in next week and uh, could they could flip roles a little bit. But, yeah, definitely kind of Kelly needs to – kind of speed up a little bit better but yeah I think they both showed good stuff Kelly had the reception Samaje had the big run I thought I thought all the running backs to some extent showed something of something of value except the one guy who didn't really was Byron Marshall you know the hype train has been surrounding him all training camp and you know he came in he had a couple of zero yard gains had the fumble on the kick return so yeah he did not have a good night and I think Capri Bibbs uh, coming in with his quickness in the second half. He he had a, a few good plays for the third-team offense that they ended up not amounting to anything because no one else could move the football until the very end. But uh, he, he showed a lot of good traits, and I think that um, I think that he did a really good job. So, Yeah, no, definitely Bibbs showed better than Marshall. I th- Marshall was the worst of the running backs tonight. And, you know, like he had that near fumble on the kick return, and then he got hurt. So you can't really blame him too much. Um, but the fact of the matter is that Bibbs outshined him. He was better receiver. He was doing good off the screen. So I was pretty happy with what I saw out of him. I think he might have leapfrogged Marshall in the competition for now, but it's so neck and neck there that um, it's really hard to tell what's going to happen. Yeah, and another guy who you know was towards the end of the game who showed well was Martez Carter. I don't think he's anywhere close to earning a roster spot, but he's another name that if it really comes down to picking one for the practice squad, he may have leapfrogged Byron Marshall for that too. So it's uh, that running back position is really kind of starting to take shape a little bit. I think we always have kind of known who the guys on the roster are going to be, but that, you know, with the guys coming down, figuring out who that last guy is going to be, um, Bibbs is really, really kind of taking that and uh he's running away with it yeah it's late we're tired we're trying to recap but yeah the running backs did well uh i feel like we need to touch on cam sims again because his performance was very impressive i mean he had the drop early the one that led to an interception which obviously you never want that to happen but uh later on guys i mean he's six four six five he is an imposing figure on the field and he was making some spectacular catches i mean uh with the, me personally i've been hesitant to anoint him as the team's sixth receiver i've been putting brian quick there but quick had one reception today didn't really do a whole lot cam sims was making plays all over the field and he was really putting the team in a good position had the clutch reception on the game-winning drive hogan threw a high ball to him and he pulled it down granted it's against 13 players but He's showing all the traits necessary to compete. I mean, what did you guys think about his performance? I thought he looked really good. I mean, he went out there. Obviously, you mentioned the the bad drop that led to a, a pick. But other than that, he had that one really acrobatic catch in the back of the end zone where he jumped up, caught in the air, and got hit from a guy like going full speed the other way, held on to it. He had a couple. Uh, you mentioned the one on the last drive. He had another one over there, I think, too, where earlier in the game, I can't remember exactly but he pulled it in falling down so it was i thought he had a really good day he's showing well he's really earning his spot and at six five he can really move so that's something that this team hasn't had in a while is the combination of size and speed in a receiver um you know i i i want him on the roster i think he 
you know, he's as close to a lock as you can get. I think it's going to be a really good option for us in the year, in little spurts, and who knows in a couple of years if the whole Josh Doxson experiment doesn't work out or, you know, whatever. He might be, you know, a guy who's going to help this team down the road years to come. Yeah, I completely agree with that assessment. I thought Cam Sims, uh, I thought he was impressive because of how he bounced back from that bad drop he had. You know, most undrafted rookies, they drop the ball like that and cause an interception. They're going to try to overcompensate and try to make ridiculous plays and maybe make another mistake. Sims caught a bunch of contested balls, and he had even one play where he did catch a touchdown. It was called back due to an illegal formation, but he came down strong with that, hit the ground, controlled the ball. He has great size. Um, he has a skill set like no other on the roster. How I would put it is he belongs on the roster. Then it's Trey Quinn versus Brian Quinn. And I just think Quinn has more upside at this point, more versatility. And, you know, you're keeping them as the fifth and sixth receiver, Sims and Quinn. So you can let Quinn walk. The team didn't even really use him that much last year. So he could latch on somewhere else. But I I like Sims as a roster candidate now. I I really think he belongs on that 53. And uh, my upcoming roster projection will absolutely um, have him inside the bubble this time. Yeah, it was really good to see him kind of progress because we've talked about the potential he has, and you know, you know, we've always been hesitant to commit to him as a guy that's gonna make the roster. But today, he really showed that he can change the game. I mean, we saw him; he was really the team's only offense down the stretch. Because I mean, Shea Fields, he had a pass that he couldn't get to. Darvin Kidsey wasn't really doing it. Hogan needed a big body that he could throw to, and Cam Sims really filled that role really well. And I was very impressed. He was flying high, showing really good leaping ability. So I'm excited to see what he does next preseason, their next preseason game. So um, we'll definitely see. You also mentioned Trey Quinn. He had a nice night too. I mean, he was making some good catches. Uh, not as flashy as Cam Sims, but you know we saw that utility value from him. Uh, you know, kind of running the routes and making the catches. He got solid hands. So Andy, he had a really good punt return as well. So. Uh, yeah. Do you guys think we could see those two rookies as the final two guys? Yeah, I do. I think we could. And you mentioned how Trey Quinn doesn't have an, as didn't have as flashy of a night as Cam Sims. It's almost like their roles have been reversed. Whereas you think that Cam Sims is going to be more of the project, and Trey Quinn's going to come in and kind of surprise people with how ready he is. And it's almost like Cam Sims is just he's ready, and Trey Quinn's still taking a little bit to get his sea legs under him, but. Yeah, I, I do think that those guys are going to be take those final two spots. I think Trey Quinn over Brian Quick is, like Jacob said, upside, special teams ability, and the fact that they used a uh, draft pick on him, I think that helps him too compared to Brian Quick. He's, he's up there in age. He's kind of a journeyman at this point. They didn't use him last year when they had the ability to him being on the roster. So I do think we're going to have those two rookies come in and have a generally young receiving core this year, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because with – youth there's upside compared to going with older guys who kind of are you know they are what they are at this point yeah and i think that's exactly what it's going to be we already saw the team cut orlando scandrick in favor of a youth movement at quarterback i think that brian quick is going to be the offensive version of orlando scandrick where it's not necessarily that he's playing poorly or anything it's just that they have younger talent that is at least equivalent or possibly better or has more potential so I think that those two guys are now the front runners for the fifth and sixth spots in the receiving core. 
And I think that's definitely the right thing to do for the team. And uh, I'm, I'm happy with that at the moment. I'm glad they have enough depth at receiver because that was considered a problem spot. Paul Richardson also, he only had one catch today, I think, but he looked pretty good. He turned that into eight yards after a dump off from Alex Smith. He got crushed on the first pass of the game. <laughs> Showed oh, a little yeah. speed and elusive ability. So that was nice to see. Um, I thought generally the guys making their debuts, Alex Smith, Paul Richardson, and Deron Payne all looked really good. I was absolutely stoked by how well Deron Payne played and the fact that he was able to not just act just really sells me even more on his potential. And I was already high on him coming into the season. So very excited to see what he can do as a rookie. Yeah, let's talk about how the starters played. I mean, Alex Smith came in and moved that offense. I mean, he didn't have a lot of help from Rob Kelly, like we said earlier, because Kelly needs some time to establish himself. It was really all Smith on that drive, and he was just churning the chains, kept the passes moving. I think he ended four for six for like 48 yards or something. They only got field goals the whole time, but they moved the football really well. That's something that was kind of an issue for us last preseason. Uh, you know, you, you can kind of remember that we we really didn't do well. The offense was very stagnant in uh, this preseason, that was not the case. Even with running back woes that have continued, you know, Paul Richardson, like you said, had a good play, but Smith was accurate and he made the right decision, so that was good. And then the defense, De'Ron Payne, that was quite a sack. Uh, he he made a nice move on the right guard, got the sack on his first seat on his first series as a rookie, so that was impressive. And uh, the defensive backs backs were playing well too. DJ Swearinger made a nice play. And then I think the Redskins, they sent their second-team defense out, and the Jets' starters on offense couldn't even get by them. So the immediate depth is also good for the Redskins, but, you know, uh, you, you don't want to rely on them. You want to rely on the starters, and they looked really good. Nathan, you had the same sentiments? Yeah, I what I really tried to focus on was that front seven because I wanted to see how Allen coming back from that Liz Frank looks, how – Deron Payne, the first-round pick, is going to look going in that nose tackle, and they both really impressed me. Deron Payne is just a big, big man in the middle of the field bullying people. He had that nice swim move to get back and grab Donald. And the thing I like with that sack about Donald is that if you watch, that's not a sack that normally is going to happen. Deron Payne, you know, normally Deron Payne went in and got his wrist, and normally quarterbacks would be able to spin out of that or yank their arm back real quick. Deron Payne, like, he grabbed his wrist and Sam Donald didn't have a prayer in the world to get away from it. It's almost like he just – it's like a vice grip, and he just got him and got him down. That was impressive. And then almost immediately after, uh, John Allen blew past his uh, attempted block and went and made a stop in the backfield and then later made another nice stop. So that front seven looks really good. I'm excited to see what it's going to look like with Matt Ioannidis in there and how they're going to do that full rotation when you get Tim Settle because he went in and – made a nice play on his, like, what, second or third play. He jumped up, swatted that ball. So that defensive line, I think, is going to be something that's going to terrify offenses. And then it's going to obviously allow the outside linebackers to get loose. Preston Smith had a sack or a hurry. I didn't see much from Ryan Kerrigan, but, you know, he's going to get his numbers. So I really think that our front seven is going to be a lot better and a lot more feared this year than in years past. Yeah, it definitely looked that way today. Even without Ioannidis, they looked good. So Ioannidis, you know, we saw his impact on the game against the Patriots. You know, even though he came out he came out early with an injury, he was wrecking people. So you put Ioannidis in with Allen and Payne and, you know, rotate in Lanier and Settle. Like we said, Settle's been playing really well. He had a pass deflection today. 
this is a stacked unit and you know it, it all starts there uh you know we, we I, I made note of a, a perfect defensive rep earlier in the uh, game where the uh, secondary covered it was actually the rep that Preston Smith got a sack on the secondary had great coverage and the interior pinched the pocket allowed the inside the outside linebackers to move in and Smith was the one who got the sack when Darnold didn't know what to do. So when you can do that, when you can have those cohesive snaps where everything works, it makes it so much easier for your defense and helps your offense get back on the field and put up points. So that's how you play a complete game. And the Redskins, they they definitely have the blueprint to do that. So hopefully, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think that speaks volumes about how they built this team because about two years ago they identified the defensive line as a major weakness it had already been that but you know you started to slowly see the investment in it by drafting Jonathan Allen and yes they signed Stacey McGee and Terrell McLean and while McLean didn't work out and McGee's on pop and is more of a rotational guy they started to really invest there you add Deron Payne Tim Settle in this draft develop Ionitis invest in Jim Tom Sula and now you're looking at the defensive line potentially being one of the best units on the team and potentially one of the best defensive lines in the league. It's possible that that could happen if all stay healthy and if Jim Tom Sula continues to coach these young guys up. So I like it from that standpoint. Um, I, I also thought the secondary played well tonight, um, for what it's worth. Um, the backup safety battle I was watching uh, pretty closely because I'm still trying to figure out if DeJays or Everett's going to make the roster or not. Um, I think based off tonight's performance, Everett had that nice pass deflection on fourth down that Troy Apke made an incredible interception off of. Yeah. I didn't think he had a chance to catch the ball, and it would have been a turnover either way. But, you know, the fact that those two guys had a nice play and played pretty well, um, I think it speaks to the depth in the secondary. And the defense is just looking like a strong in general, which is very exciting. Yeah, and apparently they have good chemistry too. I saw something where they have nicknames for each other or something or whatever. I'm not going to say those nicknames because uh, they're kind of PG-13, but uh, definitely, yeah, they looked very good. Everett had the pass deflection apke with his speed. You know, I, I put on the Twitter feed that a slower safety wouldn't make that play. So that was definitely a good sign, uh, definitely good stuff from the depth on the defense and uh Gerard Fernandez we talked about Vontae Diggs last week he was kind of a unsung hero Fernandez was making plays he had two sacks in the second half he was hustling all over the field so he made some plays too so definitely a lot of good stuff and Spate had his moments he had some bad moments like uh in coverage he, he allowed a reception but you know when when a, when he's running at you the receiver's dropping the ball because he's he doesn't want to get hit and Spate's a big hitter so uh, I, I don't really think he helped his case tonight, but he didn't hurt it either. He, he was kind of one of those guys who stayed put. So, um, I don't know. Yeah, a lot to take away from this. We're uh, we're kind of getting close to the 20-minute mark. So, uh, let's, you know, I mentioned unsung heroes. Who's who's an unsung hero for you guys? I'll let you guys go first. Who's someone who, you know, people aren't giving credit, but they actually did pretty well in this game? Um. I know he didn't play a whole lot, but I, I like being able to see that uh, Vernon Davis and Alex Smith still have a little bit of that chemistry from back in their days in San Francisco. Vernon Davis still showing a little bit of at, at athleticism that he can still get upfield and everything. He, he didn't obviously do too much, but I think that knowing that we didn't see Jordan Reed tonight and there's a good chance we don't see him for a few games this year, to know that Vernon Davis hasn't really 
doesn't look at least look like he's slowed down yet and hit going to his what age 34 35 season so that's that's pretty good to know uh good to see um you saw uh, alex smith hit josh Doxson over the middle to see that Doxson's you know out there running around getting as much participate participation <laughs> as jay gruden wants to give him that's good so there's there's a lot i mean I didn't really see any of the second second tier players that really stood out to me, and I go, "Wow, this guy's gonna." You know, we already kind of touch on the, the roster starting to round into form. We kind of know who's gonna be where. So, I mean, that that's it for me. Yeah, I'm gonna go completely off the reservation and pick someone who was is definitely not going to make the roster under any circumstances. And if he does, we can go back and play this and prove that I was wrong. <laughs> uh, but I thought the best coverage snap of the night for the Redskins by an individual, was played by Prince Charles Iwara in that second half. Um, he played perfect coverage when he got an interception, the big play of the game for him. You know, he just guarded that sideline, played literally bodied up to the receiver, ran step for step with him, reacted to the ball, grabbed it. And that was really a game-changing moment, I felt, for the Redskins because uh, they were sort of in the process. I think it was right after they had allowed the touchdown, the Jets had gotten the ball back very quickly. So even that forcing that turnover was a huge moment. And, you know, Iwar is definitely not a candidate to make the roster. He's like ninth on the cornerback depth chart overall. But, you know, it's nice to see a guy like that be able to make a play and make a case to say, hey, maybe I belong on a practice squad somewhere. So uh, I'll give the nod to Iwara for that and give him two thumbs up. Yeah, that was a great play. I know everyone was like, that's not Quinn Dunbar. That's that's Prince Charles Iwara. And he did, he did solid coverage. And, you know, Bridgewater, in hindsight, maybe he shouldn't have made the throw. But you got to give your guys a chance sometimes. And it's up to the cornerbacks to make them pay for it. And Iwara did that. I've got two guys for my unsung heroes. Uh, I'm going to start with a guy. He's not going to make the roster either, and he doesn't necessarily deserve to make the roster. But people were ramping on Kevin Hogan all night on Twitter. And I, you know, you you put something up, you know, you got to feel bad for the guy because he wasn't playing great in his own right, but he didn't. The backup offensive line was not giving him any failures. And, you know, he didn't have much of a supporting cast either. But down the stretch when he needed to move the football, you know, that final drive, down by one, needed to get a field goal, he did what he needed to do. He made a couple of really nice plays. One play, uh, the pocket collapsed on him quickly, and he, he made a perfect step, just a subtle step up. But he stepped up, and then he ran for the first down when he needed to, nothing going. And then he threw a toss-up ball to Cam Sims, gave him that chance, and that was what got him in field goal range. So... He, he made good plays when he needed to. I don't think he's going to make the roster. I don't think he necessarily deserves to be on the roster. But Hogan is not in, He's not a terrible quarterback, all right? He's he's not a good quarterback either, but he made... He's merely bad. Yeah, he's merely bad, all right? And, you know, credit, credit where it's due. He made some good plays. He definitely does not deserve to be on the roster if we're making this, the decision right now. You know, maybe he comes out and goes... I don't know, 15 for 15 for 300 yards in week four, but uh, I don't see it happening. But he did do a lot of good things. I think he'll be on a roster at some point if a team has an injury to a backup, needs a quarterback. So we'll see what happens. But I thought he played, he didn't play well, but he made plays when he needed to. And that's what counts. Uh, Also, Dustin Hopkins went five for five. His longest field goal was, I think, 40 yards. And one went off the upright, but... 
Uh, he made all the ones he needed to, kind of like Hogan made the plays he needed to, and he made the game winner. Uh, so, and that was right down the middle. So he showed a little bit of that clutch gene that we've been wanting from our kickers. Hopkins hasn't shown it. You know, the, the missed field goal in Cincy always stings when you talk about Dustin Hopkins. But, you know, uh, five field goals, five opportunities, and he nailed each one today. So he, he, naturally, you're not going to talk about him because he's a kicker, but he played well. So that's that's my unsung hero, I thought. I thought um, it was a pretty complete game by the Redskins, honestly, though. Yeah, no, I totally agree with your assessment of Hopkins. I mean, anytime a kicker goes five for five, especially when he had that pressure pack kick at the end, you know, props to him for being able to hit all of them because I know I've bragged on him in the past for occasionally missing an extra point or a longer field goal. So it's nice to see him doing well in the preseason. And he hit a 50-yarder in the first week, too, so that was also good. And, you know, I liked what I saw out of Hogan on that last drive. Uh, like you said, um, I said on Twitter the backup offense line wasn't giving him any time, and that was making him nervous to the point that he would just take his eyes um, away from the downfield, focus on the rush, and try to scramble for yards, which doesn't work. But at the end of the day, he stepped up on that last drive like he needed to and led them to the victory, which was pretty cool for him. It might give him a shot to land on a practice squad somewhere, or if some team really is desperate for quarterback or wants a third string, they could get him. I don't think he makes the roster, but, you know, it's it's nice anytime your team can get a win with the third stringers in a two-minute drill. I mean, that's just, that speaks volumes about what this team wants to do, because a lot of teams would just roll over in that circumstance, but these guys are fighting for everything. Yeah, for sure. Now, we're almost out of time. I'm going to let you guys, you know, uh, any last-minute thoughts that you just want to get out there? Because I know uh, there's a lot to cover in preseason. So, Nathan, I'll start with you. Anything that you want to say as kind of a parting thought? Yeah, um, I just think that the one thing I noticed, and I saw a lot of it on Twitter, is that uh, I can't even blank on his name. Our The third-round pick. John uh, Christian. Yeah, he's got a lot of work to do. There was a couple <laughs> times tonight where he's really exposed kind of a turnstile there. So, you know, it, I don't think it's going to cost him his roster spot being a third-round pick, obviously, but he's got a lot of work to do if he wants to ever have a legitimate chance of being a starter on this offensive line. And for, I mean, I really hope that, you know, we don't have a, a plethora of injuries where he gets plugged in left tackle or right tackle anything this year because he's he's clearly not ready. But other than that, I thought overall it was – good team effort i like the way that they came out and you know the offense looked calm and ready to go it gives me confidence to see them come out and be able to do that towards week one where jay Gruden's never won a week one game here in washington for them to come out and the offense look real smooth not really like look confused i think the defense come out and dominate even though it's the jets um i i, I really like what i saw and it just going forward a few weeks i think it's gonna translate into a couple early wins especially on easier teams early in this uh early on the schedule yeah for sure definitely let's hope so jacob anything to add yeah um, let's just talk about another one of those guys who we maybe didn't expect to make the 53-man roster that is really looking more like a lock now especially since scandrick was cut Danny Johnson had another great game. Um, I know he was considered by most a draftable prospect coming out of Southern. And, Ian, I know you had him as your top-ranked undrafted free agent this year. I think I had him behind Simi Cobbs and Quinn Blanding. But Johnson has looked really good in that slot and as a punt returner. 
So it's looking more and more likely that he's going to have a chance to make the roster as that sixth corner behind the two other Virginia Tech rookies, Adonis Alexander and um, Greg Stroman. But, you know, Johnson just keeps flashing when he's out there. So uh, props to him for playing well, and I'm excited to see what he can do. Um, and it's obvious that the Redskins trust their young corners because they wouldn't have cut Skandrick if they didn't. So it's good to see them ball out again for a second straight week. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Johnson. You know, he's got the ball skills, he's got the tenacity. So uh, I don't want to say, you know, he's going to be a reserve player if he makes it, but he's got the trace to really stick around and be a solid contributor. So and he's got, he can punt return too. He got laid out on one play in this game, but we can get past that. It happens to the best of us, so, you know, we'll see what happens in the coming weeks, but a lot of good things to take away from this game. Uh, the offense and the starters played really well when they were in there. Uh, depth, obviously, like, very, like, the farthest reaches of the depth is a concern, because when the third stringers came in, they kind of lost all the momentum, kind of like week one, but they got the win this time. Hopefully, it'll lead to more in preseason and the regular season. Unfortunately, we are out of time, guys. We hope you enjoyed this Redskins recap of the preseason week two matchup. Uh, be sure to stick with us for upcoming podcasts, and we'll have a preview for week three coming up and a, a reaction pod, of course, after that game. So thanks for listening, guys. As always, peace out. Have a good night.